What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Senior Quotes Sports Podcast. We are finally back with a brand new episode. We're going to be talking everything going on in the NBA. So let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to another Senior Quote Sports Podcast. It's been over a month, maybe two, but we're, we're so excited to be back and to cover so many different topics. So I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined as always by Jack Coleman. Jack, how are you doing today? It's, I'm good. It's good to be back. Uh, we haven't talked in so, so long just about anything related to Senior Quotes in sports, and it was a really, really busy final season, and Everything is all weird with COVID anyway, um, but we are definitely back. We are definitely here to talk more sports, and there's a lot to talk about today, so I think that we can get right into it. Um, I, I think that starting with NBA is going to be our best bet since that's you know the, the season that just got underway, and we are big NBA fans here on the show, and Aiden has a lot to be happy about and a, and a lot to talk about with the Nets, so I think we break right down into the NBA. Yeah, why not? I, I think... The best way to go about it might be to start with opening day. And that started with the Nets Warriors. Mm. And I think it showed that the Nets at their best can be a wagon, can be the Eastern Conference champions, can be, if all goes well, the NBA champions. I think that is a realistic take. I, I think it was a realistic take during the offseason, but people seeing this team at their best are starting to realize they might be legit. And with other teams like the Bucks. Celtics all getting off to a little bit slow starts. We'll get to them in a bit. I think it's great that the Nets started off crushing the Warriors. I was here watching socially distant with a couple Nets fans, Ryan Mealy, Matt Lapine. Uh, shout out to them. And it, it was a lot of fun just to see our team in action. And then Christmas, we were losing it half against the Celtics, but came out and won by 30 in that one as well. First team since the 09 Lakers, who were NBA champions, uh, but the first team to win our first two games by 20-plus points since that team with uh, Kobe, with Pau Gasol, uh, which is exciting. you know. But what I really wanted to talk about about the Nets, and I knew that this was probably going to be one of the first topics of the day, was the Spencer Dinwiddie injury in last night's loss to the Hornets. So obviously I want to talk about KD, Kyrie. Those are the big guys, what everyone probably expected me as a Nets fan to want to talk about. But no, because last night showed when KD and Kyrie are on, you're not guaranteed to win against anyone. We were playing the Hornets, who I don't believe had won a game yet. They'd played close against teams like the Cavs, who have been, you know, unexpectedly very good. But for me, I expected us to walk through the Hornets. I feel like we have one of the deepest teams in the league. And I thought, you know, I, I looked past this game. I was looking to today's against the Grizzlies, because recording today on Monday, uh, before Monday Night Football. We'll get to that, too. But uh, with all this being said, Dinwiddie goes down on a drive. It looked like a non-contact injury. He kind of was playing against LaMelo or Devontae Graham or one of their guards, and he went down twisting his knee. And he immediately reached down to it. I knew it was going to be a serious injury. At first announced as a knee sprain, but this morning we heard partial ACL tear. Yeah, partial ACL. I don't think it's the MCL. Regardless, he might be able to come back by the end of the season, but it's looking unlikely. And there goes one of our best players off the bench. And the rest of the players on our bench, Landry Shamit went 0 for 8 from 3 last night. Torian Prince, I believe, 0 for 5 from 3. This is what happens when, like we were saying last night, 
one player can't win you a ball game. Giannis couldn't beat the Knicks by himself last night, and neither could KD and Kyrie against the Hornets. So to me, I was so excited going into yesterday, and now I don't know what to expect. So from your outside point of view, what do you think? So first of all, you, you brought up that, that Warriors win, and yeah. I think on opening day, day of, that was an impressive win based upon what the Warriors have been in the past, what Steph Curry has been in the past. It was impressive. But maybe the Warriors this year just aren't that good. I, I think that your Celtics win was phenomenal on Christmas. I, I think that's a great win to have on your belt already. But the Warriors are not that good. I, yeah. I mean, they, there's a reason why they had a top three pick in the draft this past year. And it wasn't just because Steph and Clay had been out. And even with Steph back, it's not working. I mean, Draymond isn't back yet. That'll hopefully add a little bit of consistency to the team. But they're clearly missing Kevin Durant. They're clearly missing guys like Clay Thompson. A guy like Steph Curry can't do it on his own anymore. And I think that now we've seen this breaking away from the super teams that kind of plagued the last couple, like, four years. And we're getting away from that. It's, it, now it's all just duos. There's duos mm-hmm. everywhere on every single team, for the most part, around the league. You either have a duo that's absolutely balling or a young core um, that's equally succeeding. So I'm not a huge fan of that Warriors win now. I, I think when it had happened, I thought it was incredibly impressive. Like I said, the Celtics win was impressive. Uh, and then we have the, the Hornets. The Hornets are no longer a pushover anymore. I, I mean, LaMelo is legit so far from what I've seen. The dude can pass like crazy. He's lights out. He can shoot. He's starting to accumulate more and more minutes. He, he wasn't even really playing in those first couple of games as much. So, you know, I think that the Hornets are actually getting somewhere now. They're making those strides to become one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. So that loss doesn't even, I don't know, mean as much to me as maybe a, a typical Brooklyn fan might think it as. Mm. Now, losing Dinwiddie stinks. And as a Knicks fan, like, I'm not one to come down on players. And I know, like, Red Sox fans will, like, actually wish for Yankees players to get injured every single year. Right. You know, I, I don't like that. I, I, I'm a full believer in taking down the healthy lion as opposed to the weak, sickly one. Um, it's all the more impressive and it's all the more better of a victory when you do take down a team uh, when they're fully healthy. So, you know, losing Dinwiddie sucks, but you still have a lot of talent there. You still have KD, you still have Kyrie. And a loss is going to happen, an off night is going to happen. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be an undefeated season for this Nets team when, you know, in the past that has happened and, and other teams have gotten close like the Warriors of old. Um, but I really think that you guys are going to be good, continue to be good, and with the talent you have, as long as other guys start not getting injured, because let's say you lose like a Kyrie Irving now, right? that's devastating. Because right. now you don't have Dinwiddie to fit in that spot. Otherwise, you know, I think you guys can keep trucking along and, and you know, leading the East. Because the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. And we will definitely get to that in a second. But I agree with you. And that's why neither KD or Kyrie is playing tonight against the Grizzlies. They're both going to take today off. It was the second game of a back-to-back. And I guess I think you're right that we didn't view the Hornets as a pushover. And because of that, um, they both played last night. I actually expected maybe they stagger it. Maybe KD takes one game off and Kyrie the other. But obviously, they're here to play with each other, not to play with our bench and not the other star. So it makes sense that that's how we're going about it. But 
I am very nervous about Dinwiddie being out. And I agree with you that the Warriors, law, uh, the Warriors win doesn't look as great as it originally did. But we have to beat teams like that by that much. So I'm really – like, I'm happy with that. Celtics game, that is what the Nets can be. We were down at halftime. KD turns it on in the third quarter, and it wasn't the game at that point. It was over. So I was very impressed by that. But I agree with you. I mean, I'm looking at the Hornets' stat line, and Gordon Hayward played like a $30 million a year player, which is crazy. But he put up 28, 7, and 6 on 60% from the field. But that also feels to me like he will. No, 100%. He's an efficient shooter. He's an efficient scorer, and I think being the number one on a team like the Hornets is a great role for him. But it also felt like lazy defense from the Nets, and that's what people's criticism was, is if the Nets bench can't score, can they stop other teams? And honestly, last night, sure, it was only a two-point loss. It came down to the end. But the Nets were down double digits within that second half and had to claw back, which was impressive in its own right, but at the same time, why were they in that situation? It's turnovers and defense. And it's the bench not hitting shots when they have to. If Shamit goes one for eight, the Nets win by one point. <laughs> but instead he goes 0 for eight from three, and that's a loss. So disappointing, but you're de- right. That, yeah. that defense is going to have to be there for them too. I mean, yeah, you're no longer concerning yourselves with teams in the East like the Knicks, even like, like a Magic or something like that. You know, you're thinking long-term, you got to be able to beat teams like the Lakers like the Bucks with Giannis, which again, frauds, <laughs> but uh, the Heat even. Those are teams that you cannot play lackluster defense against, exactly. and they will make you pay for it. So that's kind of a situation that, that you can come into when you have uh, two offensive absolute superstar talents. I, I think that defense tends to skid a bit. I, I do think that Durant plays good defense most of I the agree. time. Yeah. Um, but you need the message for the whole team to be playing as a team hustling you know laying it all out for for loose balls and everything it needs to happen and if that's not going to happen then while you still can make the playoffs I don't think that you can win a championship if you don't do those basic fundamental things along the way right and I mean I I reminded people in our uh, sack group chat last night that this happened last year's of the Nets and the expectations weren't there but Kyrie's Nets team when he was still healthy Lost to Devonte Graham, putting up like forty points against us. It, it was—it's a trap game, and Devontae it happened Graham again. Is like he's he is. legit. He needs to start getting the respect he deserves. Because oh, a hundred percent, falling out. Yeah, last night he put up only thirteen points, but for like a six-foot guard, he might even be shorter. He had eight rebounds. Like that's just gritty. Yeah. That's like embarrassing for the Nets. But we got out rebounded. We had more turnovers. The one thing I will say is, you find those bench players that are on, and you ride those players. We didn't have uh, TLC, Luau Cabrera. He wasn't playing until the fourth quarter. But because of the Dinwiddie injury, we put him in. He goes four for four from the field, three of three nice. from three. And he's a good mm-hmm. defender. So I think he'll get some of those minutes now. We need more of that. But I think for Steve Nash, he's feeling out these players. We didn't get to use Bruce Brown, who I think could take some of Dinwiddie's minutes at the point. And he's a great defender. So I think you're going to figure out, like, Shamit's having an off night. Let's put Bruce Brown in or – Torian Prince is going 0 for 5 from 3. And he – I really don't love Torian. I, I, someone said that – because I follow a lot of Nets accounts um, on Twitter. And one guy, kind of contrarian, being like, I see all these Nets fans complaining about Prince. But in reality, look at the Hawks fans when we traded for him. The Hawks fans are saying that we don't use him in the right role. Like, I, I don't understand exactly what that means. Maybe we're stretching him 
from the three to a four when he shouldn't be there. He's a great defensive wing, but he's doing too much right now. That's the kind of thing where Nash needs to figure it out. This new coaching staff has to figure it out. And I'm not blaming them. They've done a great and, and job. And that's all growing pains, too. Exactly. That's all growing pains for, for a coaching staff. Nash hasn't been a head coach before. You yeah. know, he needs to figure it out just as well. So I think chemistry will start flowing. You clearly got the two wins that you needed right off the bat. Right. You know, that'll all fall into place. And it's nothing to really get worried about after – one game to the Hornets, you know, yeah. but I, to the credit of the Hornets organization, like they are building up a very good team. And especially now that they have a centerpiece like Lamelo, right. That's huge for them. I think that they actually are building towards something that could, you know, who knows, even end up being top of the East someday, a couple of years down the line. Yeah. A guy I like mean, Terry Rozier right now, he's been balling, dude. That's, like, yeah. I, I remember Terry in Boston and this is not the same Terry. He's like gritty now. Right, exactly, because he went one for seven from three, and you could say, like, he was one of their low points. He scored – still, excuse me, still scored 19 with five assists. Like, he had a great game as well. Exactly. It, LaMelo, like you said, came off the bench, but he's earning 20 minutes now instead of just 15. But, like, P.J. Mm-hmm. Washington playing the four and probably matching up with KD a lot of the time, but a lot of switching as well, he put up 14 and 12. Like, these are the games where I just thought we had the star power, we're going to win. And I do think that Dinwiddie, even though it was a close game when we lost Dinwiddie, it wasn't like a huge change. But that kind of just messed up the whole game plan for the Nets. We've been starting him. So for me, it's not that I'm really upset about one loss because I didn't think we would go undefeated. It's the fact that we lost a key piece of the team. And the depth that we have, I love the guys that like we can have a third rotation out there. It's crazy. It doesn't matter, though, because Dinwiddie's a step above everyone on this team except for Kyrie and KD. So I'm a little bit nervous. I hope Levert goes off tonight, but I'm thinking without KD, Kyrie, or Dinwiddie, I'm saying like a 10-point loss of the Grizzlies, to be honest. What, I think why John aren't KD and Kyrie playing? Resting, because it's the second game of a back-to-back. And after an injury, I don't think Steve Nash or anyone wants to risk really anything. Honestly, honestly this sounds like a game for Levert to go off. Like <laughs> I, I, He will. He'll have yeah. to. So he, he'll put up like kind 25. Of awesome. Yeah, but it was hyped up to be like Kyrie versus Ja. Like KD wasn't expected to play, but it was a late, uh, late announcement that Kyrie's out as well. So probably going to be two and two after tonight. Yeah, I'll still watch, but it's just not going to be as fun. Um, yeah. But that's enough about my team. I'm optimistic, but now cautiously optimistic. Let's talk about the second topic of note, which is the Knicks. Last night looking great. Hey. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic as well. Uh, after those first two games, I was ready to give up on this team. And, and <laughs> that's how New York fans are with any given team. Once right. you start losing, we're ready to just scrap it all and just head to the draft. Yeah. And I was wrong. But, I mean, those first two games, first we had the Pacers. And in that game early on, for most of that game until late third, early fourth, we were hanging with them. It was Definitely. a very close game. And then we fell into some of our old habits of last year, year before, where the game just got away from us and nothing could fix it. You know, Alfred Payton, clearly we have a guard problem, absolutely terrible in that game. And Randall was a bright spot. RJ was doing his thing. He was okay. Mitch got in foul trouble early. Second game, we played the 76ers. Again, 20-point blowout. And it was kind of a similar thing. We were hanging with them. You had Randall scoring on Joel Embiid, you know, pretty fairly well. And we were still losing. Alfred Payton 
even worse this game <laughs> and rj barrett just lost absolutely lost the dude i think only had 10 points but his shooting percentage was garbage I, i'd have to look it up but it was terrible he i don't think he made a single three um just not what you want out of a young prospect that you have a lot of hope in and you know in all of this obi toppin has been or had an injury to his calf uh right. emmanuel quickly been out who was potentially maybe starting point guard material um just a lot going wrong now we hit last night and i think this shocked all knicks fans <laughs> maybe even all of the nba yeah and we beat the bucks by 20 points mm-hmm. now there's a lot to this first of all mitch robinson not getting in foul trouble early right it is such a big part of the knicks game to have him play his complete minutes and allow us to have Nerlens Noel run that second unit as the center. So if Mitch stays out of foul trouble, there's a good chance that we will probably cover and play pretty close uh, regardless of who we're playing. I I really and truly believe that. I think he's a huge help defensively. Um, RJ, he didn't necessarily have a superstar performance. He, he put up points. He got his rebounds. He did a little bit of everything well. And this is what I've been saying to a lot of Knicks fans um, since we drafted him, is I don't see him as the star of this team. I think just like on Duke, he's going to have to be that counterpiece to someone else. And if we use him as a counterpiece and everyone else can do what they need to do, it'll, it'll work wonderfully. I think RJ did a fantastic job against the, against the Bucks And he did everything he needed to do. He just wasn't the one putting up the most points. Julius Randle, yet again, like through all three games, has been very, very good. He last year forced way too much. Like I always talk about the stupid spin move turnover, Hmm. that's gone now. I haven't really seen it much at all. He favors this weird fadeaway pull-up jumper from the wing. And every time I'm like, what is he doing? And it goes in. I don't know why, but the dude loves the shot and it falls every time. He plays gritty, grimy. He's starting to honestly become one of those guys that I think defensive players are not going to want to come in between between him and the basket because he's just such a tank. He slimmed down a bit too, but also apparently is the same weight. So it's all muscle at this point yeah. now too. Julius Randle is I'm, – I'm honestly like okay with the money we're paying him right now because he's putting up those numbers in terms of rebounds and points. Well, I was um, just going to ask you, like, has your opinion yeah. changed on Julius Randle? Because all Knicks fans pretty much slandered him as, you know, we missed out on our key free agent targets and we just decided let's pay Julius Randle. But he is top 25 in points, rebounds, yeah. and assists per game. He's actually – he's not yeah. higher than 16th in anything, but he's top 25 in all three of those main counting stats. And he's yeah. 34th in the entire league in player efficiency. I, like, he's playing well. I was – I'll say I was half joking. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the Pacers game. And, it, you know, you guys were in it till I'd say about like the late third. And even still, but like that's when it turned around. And I was saying, hey, at least Julius Randle's having a good game. And immediately you and Butter maybe thought I was being sarcastic or whatever. And were like, yeah, sure. But he's still doing the same thing. Two games later and a one and two record, which is impressive in its own right, considering the schedule so far. I, I genuinely think, and yes, it's been three games, but Julius Randle could be a valuable piece. Like, simple as that. I think, I think he could be as well. And on, if he keeps playing the way he is playing, 
and and you know we Knicks fans always talk about finally getting to build up a team here and and not trade away pieces. Right. Let's say we keep let's say we keep not getting free agents to come to us. I think you combine him with Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett as a counterpiece to them and maybe a guard if Alfred Payton doesn't keep working out. I'll get to him in a second. Right. You know, this is something that could work. It's a yeah. I think could arguably be a playoff team with more experience to the rookies and if guys do what they're supposed to do. I've changed my mind on Julius Randle, not completely because I'm not sold yet. I well, don't yeah. think he has extremely high basketball IQ as okay. compared to other guys. I think he's a big body. I think that he makes his shots he's been taking this year. Right. And he's been smarter about the shots he takes, and he's not forcing. The main thing is just not forcing, and that's what he's done. He's, yeah, I he's mean, really just taking the shots that are open to him. So if he keeps it up, I, I love it. I love Randle. Another thing I've been thinking of is like that Lakers group pre LeBron is actually mm-hmm. doing very well. D'Lo, himself, man. Yeah. D'Lo, Ingram on the Pelicans, yep. you got Randall now on the Knicks who's doing well. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma just gets a contract extension from the Lakers. I yeah. mean, Larry Nance got a contract. Group. Yeah. 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 I think Dude, I'm like, the Cavs. That group. Lakers team, like it makes you, it makes you think like, yes, they want to, they want to ring. And, right. and yes, Who's to say AD would have came without LeBron being there? But it's still a good enough team that they might not have even had to have all that happen. They just weren't patient. You know, and that's what I've kind of said about Knicks fans as well, but that's changing. And the Lakers, obviously, by going and getting LeBron and going and trading for AD, they proved themselves right by not being patient. But it's the same thing with Yankees fans. And, like, at this point, I'm impatient as a Yankees fan. It's been too long since we've been in, you know – but yeah. there was a time where it was like, just let them build. Too. I know, <laughs> same here, same here. But like, it, it, I'm very, very excited. Yeah, but no, I just think the Lakers kind of did the what the Knicks fans always dream of doing, let's say. But they gave up a yeah. better core than the Knicks, in my opinion, have had in the last 10 years in order to do so. So if the mm-hmm. Lakers don't win another ring, sure, they're favored this year. If they don't, you got to wonder, like with that core, what did they pass up on? With that core and maybe one addition. And, you know, maybe that's something for sports analytics we should actually look into. I, I love that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, Julius Randle, though, yeah. for your next point, is shooting 55% from the field and 55% from three. That's crazy. Yeah, every Like, I don't get it, but, I mean, I didn't even really know it was over 50% from three. I don't know I how it is, but, yeah. Every, every time he's been shooting from three – I've been like, no way. Why is he taking this? And drills it. It makes no sense. My dad and I actually started referring to him as schoolyard Randall. Just because that's how he plays. He plays like he's playing pickup, and he's going to just jab you in the ribs and say, ball don't lie. But I'm all in on Randall. I think he's kind of that New York culture piece we needed. We wanted gritty and grimy and someone who's just going to stab you in the back but still get his own, and he's doing it right now. Yeah, and he had a lot to prove. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to no, say, I'm, he had I'm so much to I'm going to hold my, my thoughts on Randall yeah. fully because I'm still not convinced yet. Um, but if I he agree. keeps this up, I, I have no choice. Yeah. No, I'm just laughing now because, like, Zoom has thrown off our, like, we're both letting each other speak and then both trying to go at the same time. Yeah. It's like, I just, I just want to be back at the house okay. doing this normally. But regardless, Damn. I was going to say Randall had so much to prove leaving – the Pelicans after being traded for AD, right? Or 
Yeah, I think he was part of that trade and immediately let go. Right? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to double check it. But regardless, he ended up on a second team. Time-wise, I feel like that lines up. Let's find out. Regardless of how that happened, and I'm fact-checking myself as we speak, he needed to go somewhere where he could prove himself, you know, by himself. And the Knicks, at first, I really thought overpaid him to do that. But look at him now. He's got his opportunity and he's taking it. The one thing I will say is partnering him and Obi. It's two wings that I was going to say can't spread the floor that much. But if Julius Randle's shooting like he has from three, why not? You just need like a point guard who can shoot. RJ's got to figure it out from three. Maybe he's more of a slasher. That might be the limit of that future lineup. But I think if he figures it out, if Randle figures it out, you've got something there. Yeah, and I don't know why, but Obi's kind of been, when he has played, has been hanging back on three a bit more than I'd like him to. Mm -hmm. If Randle can shoot like he's been shooting instead of just, you know, playing the post as much as he had in the past, I'd prefer the two of them to switch and and kind of let Randle take more of a three role, let him shoot more if it keeps up, and then Obi can kind of ride the paint because the dude is a monster in the paint. I, I don't like his shooting as much. It's very off still. He seems nervous. That was something about the Knicks before the Bucks game. Whatever Tom Thibodeau said to them after that 76ers game, I think must have stuck because every time they were getting the ball, they were nervous, jittery. They, they didn't know what to do with it. Everyone just didn't seem like they wanted the ball. They didn't want the pressure. And that was gone by the next game. So I don't know how many wind sprints Tom Thibodeau made them do, but whatever it did worked. And Kind of along with this, I, I want to talk about this guard situation for the Knicks because, sure. I mean, clearly that's the spot we need, right? Like, we need a point guard. And if we are to have first pick in the draft, which isn't going to happen because we never get first pick in the draft, <laughs> you want Cade Cunningham, basically. Right. And Alfred Payton looked like hot garbage. But last night, he led the team in scoring, I think. It was either it was him or Randall, but he was up there with, mm. I think, 27, 25-plus range. Keep going. And, I'll fact check you, but keep going. Yeah. He was shooting insanely well from three. He was making this I – don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It wasn't a floater. It was like a, stop, like a jump shot floater where he would stop right inside the paint, get it up, and drilled it every time. Mm. I, don't, like, I don't know what Tom Thibodeau said to him, but whatever Peyton did, he was the reason why we won this game last night. He was – balling and it just goes to show you that with a true point guard the Knicks can be competent and can be good and this is something that we expected out of Emmanuel quickly and sadly he's been injured so maybe when he comes back then we have him off the bench for the second unit if Peyton can keep it up if not you move Peyton down you put quickly in that front that first unit and you got something and then there's all of a sudden Frank Nielakina last night yeah who yeah a fan favorite but also not because he's sucked (laughs) <laughs> the dude was nuts. Like, came in and, and posted, I think it was four for four from three. Uh-huh. Where was this? Where was this, Frank? <laughs> We've never seen this. The dude balled for a sh- however long he was in there mm-hmm. and just didn't let up. And, and I was shocked. I think I cheered the loudest for Frank scoring more than you anyone. You said that somewhere. <laughs> I have not seen this at all. So maybe Frank is the third guard piece. And really at that point, like, do we have a point guard problem if this keeps up? Like, I don't know. It's really, really weird right now. I don't know what to do with all this. Also, last little bit here, Knox still kind of sucks. Yeah. But 
he's when the team is all in tandem working well he's hustling out there I, last night there was a play where he laid it all out on the floor uh, I think poked the ball out from Giannis and then it may have gone to someone else regardless he kind of laid it all out and was able to get the ball away went to RJ Barrett for and and to RJ Barrett's credit a tough layup that he was able to finish so when this all happens like I'm just shocked because I didn't think that we could play to this caliber, but we clearly can. There's no need to give up on any of these guys just quite yet. Um, let's let it roll. Let's let it build. And I think we're getting there. I, I don't think it's a, a championship season. I don't think it's a playoff season even, but if this keeps up, there's good, good hope for the Knicks in the future. And that's something we haven't had in so long. And I love the way we've done it. And this is what we've been trying to tell you is like, don't give up on these guys. Like Frank, it's not my choices. <laughs> I know, but it's like, I never expected Frank to ever have this confidence as a shooter, but the shots he was taking, it wasn't like catch and shoot threes. He'd like pull up on the wing, like around a little like screen. He's kind of getting not really. He just takes it. I thought it was way yeah. too far for Frank, but no, he drained them. And then, uh, Peyton, and he's always like been you great said, defense. So, of course, and that's not what he needs to improve. It's that offensive confidence, yeah. and he showed it. Peyton had 27, but he shot 75% from the field, 12 of 16. That's efficiency right there. Exactly, <laughs> it's against the Bucs. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's against Giannis. Chris Middleton, who's a plus defender. Drew Holiday was just traded for three first-rounders because he's a top defender. Brooke Lopez is even a good – like, this is a team yeah. that you should be struggling to score against, but you guys – outpace them one by 20 i know so if again it's one game that's like a very yeah. small sample size but this is the potential this is like the ceiling without your two first round picks that the knicks fans are hyping up and loving like this is a team that can do something and i'm not saying playoffs this year i honestly think it's best for you guys to stay down near the bottom and see what the lottery says that's to you but like regardless like one of them exactly. has to hit and <laughs> if i know that one of the, like there's odds are for the Knicks that all three will just completely miss <laughs> but one of these has to hit and i think and so. i have a lot of faith that with a a good draft class this year coming in that people have been right. counting it for the past 3 years that this is the year i'm excited i'm really really excited for this team and like everyone's liking, and it's too early to say for sure, but people are liking Obi and uh, and quickly, you know. So those are two quickly, picks that, not. yeah. And it's too early. Like we haven't seen either of them play in the real NBA, you know, to really say anything yet about them. But they look good, and they don't look like busts out the gate. And Knicks fans are happy with them, and I think that gives them more confidence than anything else. It's just the support of the Knicks, no, the support of the New York fan base. And I know we've had these. What's the team in New York? It's the Knicks. That's that fan base. And these players are going to appreciate that. I just read a Gary Sanchez interview, you know, in the Dominican Republic. He's raking. But he's talking about the New York media and the New York fan base as a whole being so tough and so demanding on these players. And that goes for every sport, every team, whether you're New York or Brooklyn, whether you're the Islanders in Long Island or the Rangers or the Devils sometimes, even though you play in Jersey, all of that. It happens because of the pressure that these fans put on you. And to have their backs, like as a fan base, is huge for Obi. It's huge for Quickly, who went at the end of the first round. It's huge for guys on the Nets as well, even though we're seeing a little bit different as people are ripping on their bench right now. But regardless, that's what both these teams need. And as fans of those two teams, I feel like we are both backing our teams right now. And that's the best thing we can say, <laughs> you know, at all. So. 100%. 
Yeah. hundred percent. It's a tough place to play. And you know, it, it's tough, not just within athletics. That That is the city. The city will spit you up and eat you alive. Literally. And it, it's, it's in all aspects of work. It, it's just a grind. And, and I think the team should reflect that they should be gritty. They should want the pressure and that's why they're there. So I, I think that, New York is in for, for better days coming up. Uh, hopefully it's been a rough stretch for the city and hopefully clearly Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted to play in New York, regardless of whether that was the Knicks or the Nets, clearly they right. wanted to play there and hopefully other stars are going to start following because it, it really is where talent should be going. It's, it's what the Yankees have had going for them all of these years. So I'm really, really hopeful. New York basketball should be the premier sport in the city. It, it is the New York sport. Um, and hopefully we're, we're on the right track for, for both our teams, honestly. I think so, because one more thing about just the, you know, the future of New York, this city, is these kids, you know, they're growing up there now. When they're out on the courts, they're emulating the players they can see. And for the Nets, they have two of the most entertaining players the league has ever seen, you know, in KD and Kyrie, we're going to see kids trying these crossovers and behind the backs and having the ball on a string like Kyrie does players pulling up because it doesn't matter if you're tall or short, we might have these tall thin wings pulling up in people's faces from three, like uh, KD just somehow can do. We're going to see that. But now with the Knicks, if you find that young star, not just to build around because the Knicks have those players, I'm saying to market. And I don't know if that's RJ yet. I don't know if that it could be Randall based on what we're seeing. But that one guy, when the Knicks finally buy in and when their fan base buys in, we'll be hearing about him nonstop, and it'll be for a good reason. It won't be criticizing them like Porzingis getting traded out. Porzingis wasn't the guy to build around. He's this not is a culture fit. now. Like, he's not a new <laughs> guy I agree. at all. Like, I agree. He's and a, honestly, he's, the more he hasn't been – playing it feels more and more like we've won out on that i knew this would feel injured (laughs) i knew this would hit something with you but i yeah (laughs) i i agree and he's a he is a dallas fit knowing that dallas has had dirk they now have luca it's these european guys yeah they they're they're embraced by and we'll get to the mavericks for sure but it's he wasn't a new york culture fit and we're seeing that now that this culture that tom thibodeau is building i don't even think tibbs would have worked with Porzingis, or rather Porzingis would have worked with Tibbs. I don't think so. No. So I like what the Knicks are doing. I still think they got a little bit ripped off on the trade, but he was requesting out. You knew the price was going to be cut because of it. So I'm honestly defending the Knicks now. I can't believe this. Defending the Knicks for that trade because they're looking not to be on the better side of it, but to be better because of it, you know, yeah. their future at least. So Definitely. yeah, wow. I just compliment the Knicks. Also, I found out Julius Randle said, <laughs> He signed with the Pelicans a year before the trade. So I was right that he okay. was there, but he wasn't. Yeah. I'm correcting something from like 10 minutes ago. Barely matters. No, yeah. But, the, I was going to say the time frame all added up. So right. kind of right in it too. Yeah, but regardless, he was there. He didn't really get a chance to prove himself behind Cousins and Davis. So he was like, I got to go show out as the power forward of another team. And he's finally doing it. And we're finally embracing him for it. So good for Julius Randle. Yeah. But okay, so next, I, I, we can go a number of ways. We just wanted to talk about what's been going on in the NBA, and so much has been going on. One team that came up for me is we were talking about the pressures of the city, and there's a lot of pressure being in L.A. as well. But I don't want to talk about mm-hmm. the Lakers. I want to talk about what happened yesterday to the Clippers. <laughs> I was shocked. 
I was yeah. shocked. I, I, I was doing the, uh, you, you know, you press C on the Xfinity remote and it, and it shows all the scores and everything on the side. Right. And I remember literally turning to my dad and I'm like, do you see this? Like, I was like, this can't be right. Like, this just has to be false. And that Mavs Clippers game, mm-hmm. my God, like, I just don't know what happened. Granted, Kawhi Leonard did not play. Right. And I don't think it would have been as hefty of a loss as Definitely it not. was, but they still would have lost. There's no right. shot that they would have won that game. The Mavs are legit. I, I think that Luca, more so, I think Luca Doncic is legit. Yes, I like to refer to him as White Kobe. I think that he's <laughs> like the next Kobe. A lot of people compare Jason Tatum. I've compared Jason Tatum to Kobe in the past. For sure, I think it's more Luca. I really, really believe that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I no disagreements there. My like the thing for me, it, it's not Luca because Luca was awesome. But the Mavs just played as a unit, and they didn't have Porzingis. So that's what I was most impressed by on their side. But the Clippers, I mean, I don't care if you're missing one player. In the NBA, there's enough parity in the league, which there really isn't any parity in the league. But there's enough that no team should be getting blown out by 50 at halftime, regardless of who you're missing. Because they're missing their second best player, you know, the Mavericks. They're missing Porzingis. So sure, you're missing your best in Kawhi. I don't care. You just paid Luke Kennard $64 million to be a, a rotational piece. You just signed Serge Ibaka, who I really wanted as a Nets fan, but he's airballing threes. Yeah. And you just signed Paul George, who has looked good. He looked great on Christmas Day. But then all of a sudden, yes, he, fair. he's the leader. You know, like when Kawhi's out, he's the leader of this team. And what does he do? I, I mean, I'll check the numbers, but he did nothing. It, to be down 50 at halftime when he was playing the majority of minutes, Ends up going 4 of 13, 0 of 6 from 3, 15 points total against a Mavs team that, to be honest, is not the best defensively. I, I don't know. It's just it, – I don't know if I can buy into the Clippers, obviously re- overreacting to one game right now when they didn't have their best player. But how do you buy into a team that loses by 50 at halftime and over the entire game to a team missing their second best player? It's crazy. And, and when you have a guy like Pat Bev who's – been touted as one of the best defensive guards in exactly the past. yep can't happen i i think right. that a big difference though and credit to the lakers was the lakers acquiring montrez harrell though i yep. think that's kind of big and and he was a lot bigger defensively than the clippers realized and and Kawhi clearly you know he plays i'd argue he's one of the best two-way players in the league if not Definitely. the best yep um so having him is going to hurt you defensively. And, and Paul George, like one of the most inconsistent players in the league. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I really – there's no excuse for a 50-point loss, especially to a team who's missing one of their top two stars, even if yes. you're missing a top two star. Agreed. Like so something that Nets fans were saying about last night against the Hornets is that our first loss told us more about this team than our two wins. But I think that statement actually applies to this Clippers team more. Because, yes – they beat the Nuggets on Christmas, and they beat the Lakers on opening day. We kind of we forgot to mention that, talking about opening day. And Paul yeah. George put up 33 against the Lakers, and he put up 23 against the Nuggets in a game where Kawhi got elbowed by his own teammate and looked like he was bleeding out. That was crazy. But regardless, they still closed that game. Um, but now, with all that depth, it's like, like the Nets, they basically are, when you talk about media, when you talk about compared to the other team in the city, they are yep. the Nets of the West, it, it, you know, for sure. But, and they're both built very similarly. 
But what we saw here is not inconsistencies with the bench as much as inconsistencies with the stars. And sure, it does apply to the bench too. Like I brought up, Serge Ibaka was a non-factor and like you said, doesn't have the defense that Montrezl Harrell used to bring this team. And Luke Kennard, like I mentioned, you pay him all this money. He's a sharpshooter, but he pulls his best Landry Shamit impression and goes pretty much 0 for as well. I'll check the stats there. But regardless, these are guys that need to be winning you games, not losing by 50. It, it, it's crazy. That, like, that is the game that has shocked me the most in a league that I think is the most predictable of any sport. So yeah. that was wild. We had to talk about that one. <laughs> Insane. And it, I think it set the tone for the, for the day. Just the Knicks Bucks later on. I, I right because that was the start of the day. You're right, yeah. and it just seemed like insane. Like you look through the day's results, the the Wizards blew a game to the Magic. Not the most surprising, but there's one where you thought Russ and the Stars would you know cover the game, but no. The Mavs blowing out the Clippers, of course. The Nets losing to the Hornets. The Cavs, who are three and zero, beating the Sixers by twenty four. The Knicks winning by 20. Uh, the Celtics' paces is pretty fair, but the Pacers beating the Celtics, even though it came down to the wire. The Warriors almost losing to the Bulls, who have been maybe the worst team in the league. And the Warriors had a buzzer beater from Damian Lee, of all people, to win it. It just really felt like – Bulls are I mean, trash, man. Bulls are trash. They're so bad. And I, I feel bad I, for Dan, they, but they have nothing. They, should right have, they honestly should have went with Obi. Clearly, I they, think so. they, they needed him. Patrick I mean, Williams is the it. future. Like, he's a long-term piece, and OB for me. Well, not to say OB isn't, but Patrick Williams is, like, a ceiling, like, high upside pick. OB has the high floor. And I don't know what the, the Bulls needed more. Maybe a high floor so they could be performing a little better. But regardless, I think Patrick Williams still has a lot of hype around him for good reason. But, man, the Bulls are bad. Yeah. The only thing that brought some kind of normalcy – was the Lakers winning by 36 against the Timberwolves? Who I love. The Timberwolves are my West team. You know, D'Lo and Cat. I love those both. But I'm I'm big oh. on Anthony Edwards now too. After watching him play, True. I was skeptical. It, it felt like he was going to be that first overall that maybe didn't pan out as much just because right. we didn't have as much intel on him. Dude's balling. I was sold when they did that drone video 24 hours before or whatever. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards was in the gym just hooping. I was like, all right, he, he might be kind of cool. That video <laughs> that was, was insane fun. too. But yeah, I, I yeah. also should mention that Cat hurt his wrist and was out last night. So that's a huge yeah. point. And D'Lo only shot seven times. He was two of seven. But why is he only taking one three? That's, that's weird to me. Um, I'm not and- sold on him there. I, I, I okay. like Zillow, and I think Zillow has talent. I don't think that's his team. Um, he's moved around me, so much that I feel bad for him because this is his yeah, fourth team like, now, and he's friends with Cat. Like, when Cat's healthy, this team can be – and with Anthony Edwards, that's, like, a great core, but they have no power forwards on the team. Yeah, yeah they, they started Jake Lehman, who didn't score until his third game despite starting in all three of them. That's their starting power forward. You can't win when that's what's going on at power forward. Naz yeah. Reed filled in for uh, for Cat and was their leading scorer with 11. Um. <laughs> he sc- I'm telling you, he started, he played 28 minutes and scored 11 points. Or Anthony Edwards did have the most points on the team. He was at the bottom of the box score for some reason. Regardless, yeah. when Naz Reed is your second highest scorer with 11 points in 28 minutes, that's not like good. that's a garbage team. And I love the Timberwolves, but like, come on. So they need more, but they have a core that I think we both do like. But I agree yeah, that uh, D'Lo – yeah, we'll just have to see if he fits with a healthy cat. And that just means they got to both play more time together. 
Cat's gone through maybe the toughest 2020 of anybody. So just prayers out to him and his family because they're going through so much, man. But for him, just seeing him get hurt this early, like Dinwiddie to me, I thought that was the first injury of the year, but I forgot it's because Cat had this wrist problem. He finishes the game and tries to not make a big deal of it. Then finds out he's out for a couple weeks and he just says like, this is the worst year, man. So I, I feel really bad for him. But regardless, um, it's been a weird day. Or it was yesterday. <laughs> so some teams in the East, though, that I've – that are standard, standardly known as good teams within yeah. the East Conference, I've been pretty impressed by. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen basketball in so long. Um, especially in regards to the Knicks having been out for like nine months from any yeah. real competition. Um but some teams that were balling. So Miami Heat obviously watched them in the bubble and played against the Lakers in the finals. They're still lit. Like, they're yep. still very good, and they still have a ton of talented shooters on that roster mm-hmm. between Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. I mean, you still got Jimmy Butler, who's a star in his own right, uh, Bam Adebayo. Like, that whole team is very, very good. And I honestly think that there's a chance they could even run it back to the finals um, if things fall their way and they're able to beat teams like the Nets, the Bucks, when they start getting everything in order um, and the like. Secondly, 76ers. Mm-hmm. I always just kind of think as the Sixers as a kind of like early, not even early, but like mid-round playoff out team. Yep. But I always forget that early in the season when everyone is healthy, just how legit this team is. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are nuts. I mean, Embiid is clearly a top three center in the league, top two Mm -hmm. even, when he is healthy. I don't really know what can stop them besides injuries. If everything goes right for them in a given season and they're able to play a full season, I think that they can be like one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They're nuts. It's injuries so, and it's chemistry. You know, like if they can but mess the together. The been working from what I've seen this well, year. It's because to me that they have shooters now because that team was just not built correctly. But now Danny Green, yeah. who everyone just thought was a meme because he was bad on the Lakers when they still won a championship with him. And he won a ring the year before with the Raptors. Like this dude is on a two-year championship streak. And yeah. he's a key part of both of those teams. Mm-hmm. He comes into the Sixers. He's shooting better again. He's a great wing defender. And then you have Seth Curry, who might be a no, – no, 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 hot take coming. I don't actually agree with it. But how he's been playing, he might be shooting better than his brother. I was going to say something way further out. How he's gone in three games, he actually has shot better. I will not say what I was going to say. But regardless, he is that valuable on a team that desperately needed shit. Yeah. And so you still have to buy stairs. You can still score. There, you know? I mean, Del Curry and Steph Curry being mm-hmm. in your family, you can't not be at least somewhat decent. And, and he had a he's grind. a perfect guard piece for oh, that yeah. team. Yeah. Like, perfect. When you, have a, yeah. When, when you have a guard that's a Magic Johnson type like Ben Simmons, a shooting guard, shooting more space guard yeah. like uh, Seth Curry, uh, is super beneficial to, you, to a squad. They just mm-hmm. look so much more efficient, have a much better chemistry. Everything just hits way more than it had in the past. I like the 76ers a lot this year if everything goes their way and stay and everyone can stay healthy. Uh, one thing I had heard on one of the broadcasts that was that Joel Embiid um, feels like he's been the healthiest or thinks that this is like one of his best off seasons heading into 
a season, which is good considering the dude used to just rip burgers and milkshakes <laughs> as an off-season diet. Like, that, like seriously. Oh, yeah. Like, he would go on the road and, and eat this, like, pregame. So, if he uh, takes his diet seriously and wants to be legit in this league, like, sky's the limit for that team. I, I really, really think that they might not need to break up like I thought in the past. Maybe I agree. it all work. Yeah, like I, I agreed with you that I thought there's no way these two could play together. But when you have shooters like Seth and Danny Green, and I mean, mm-hmm. not really Tobias like Harris Mike Scott, but exactly, Tobias Harris can still score. Guys like Mike Scott, uh, Shake Milton off the bench has been great. So when you have that going, this can be a player, not just a playoff team, it can be a contender. And we'll see if that's true. Yeah. Again, they just lost to the Cavs, but the Cavs have just been red hot. But quickly, Andre Drummond's been balling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantasy, which you got the dub um, because he had more people playing yesterday than me. That's that's all it took. <laughs> but regardless, uh, yeah. Drummond and that Garland. Burks, I didn't even get to talk about Alec. Burks. Oh, go Alec for Burks, it. Go, go. Yeah. Absolute surprise of the Knicks this year. I He's love been awesome. Alec. He's averaging he just, like twenty-one. He mm-hmm. makes everything. He yeah. <laughs> he just makes everything. I don't know. I was how. so surprised. Biggest surprise of the Knicks this year goes to Alec Burke so far. So wait, I, I, I might not have been wrong though, because Seth Curry is shooting 42% in three games from three. Okay. Steph Curry, who obviously has to shoot way more, he's shooting 25.7%. It's his worst by far. He's still a 43% career shooter. 25.7% on 11.7 attempts per game. I, I, I'm not going to overreact and say Steph is going down. The reason for this, is be- and I know we talked a little bit about the Warriors, but the reason is because when you have Clay or KD, not really Draymond, but those two guys, threats around Steph, you can't double-team Steph. When you have Andrew it's like Wiggins. It, it's yeah. the same thing when you have a top wide receiver and he starts getting double-teamed, then you have that second guy go off. Exactly. Uh, it's the same reason why Juju Smith was as good as he was pre-Anthony Brown. Ah, damn it, I haven't <laughs> done it in so long. Antonio Brown <laughs> yep. leaving. Oh, my yep. God. It's so long since I've done I that. I saw it coming. I, I, first of all, I saw the example coming because I was going to use the same one. But, yes, I saw that coming, too. So Regardless, <laughs> Kelly Oubre. It's been so long. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, I believe, is still 0 for, like, 15 from three. Like, on the season, in three games. Yeah. And Andrew Wiggins isn't scoring like he usually does. And he's not a threat shooting at all. So, when you have those two guys surrounding Steph, why not double team him? Why not make him shoot a bad yeah. shot? And that's what the Bulls only losing by one. The Bulls are so bad. We just said, and they only lost by one point. They were going to win if not even Steph, if Damian Lee doesn't hit that three at the buzzer, they lose. They're zero and three. Like they basically, to me, are an zero and three team. The Warriors are terrible, and it's not, in my opinion, Steph's fault as so much as if he had a second threat next to him, if he had a Clay Thompson. He'd be doing Steph things. But instead, we're seeing that this guy really can't do it on his own. And when I say on his own, I mean, like, literally no one else is worth defending right now except for Wiseman. But he's not taking people off Steph. He, you know, you're covering your big with a big. You're never covering Steph with a big. Or else you're going to get on one of those top ten highlights where Marcin Gortat yeah. looks out of nowhere. Or You know what I'm talking about. So, regardless, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Warriors – Ah, man, I, I'm not even – I don't like the Warriors, but that's my rant on them is they're so poorly built right now. And with the injury luck, yeah. of course, they'd be a good team with Clay. But, oh, man. But, honestly, I think this all just kind of benefits Kevin Durant too. The fact uh-huh. that the Warriors are so bad right now, 
who's to say he would have done as well as he does with the Nets if he had just stayed in Golden State. You're right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the I Nets know. are deeper. I think that's kind of beneficial for you guys in the long run. I agree. I, I think if KD's there, then Steph's playing better. And KD's probably playing at the same rate. But yeah. the team as a whole doesn't have that depth. And I, I think that is what really would hurt them, um, is if KD was still there. They're Damian Lee. Again, you just hit that three, so I really shouldn't be, you know, like talking about him in a bad way. But he can't be, you know, even on the court in a clutch moment. He proved he, like he can take that shot. But why is he there in the first place? That's just saying how bad that Kelly Oubre's been, how bad as a whole this Warriors team has been. And I don't think that's an issue if KD's on the court because you're letting him or Steph shoot in single coverage. But you don't have that option when you don't have a KD. So I, I agree with you. He's in a better spot. But the Warriors just are so unlucky, you know. Um, my last team from the East, the Celtics. Yeah. I, I mean, they took down the Bucks in that game. Giannis missed his two free throws at the end. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum clutch as always. I think as long as you have Jason Tatum, the Celtics are going to be in good hands. Mm-hmm. And I think he really is that up and coming. I mean, already. It, we always talk like he's, he's just this new guy. He's been yeah. around and he's been balling. Jason Tatum is legit, and I think you have a star in Boston with him uh, that can really, really help out a lot. Um, so they're equally a threat in the East, and I don't think they have Kemba back yet either. No, not yet, not right? yet. Yeah. So that'll help a ton too. I the East is kind of stacking up to be oddly enough more entertaining than the West for once, right? Because you have a at least at the start of the season a, a Bucks team that's losing. You have teams like the Heat post-LeBron able to come back. You have random teams like the Knicks being able to get a win here and there who are kind of a threat. You have the Nets who should be top of the East. You have the Wizards now have a guy who's been out West like Russell Westbrook. I just think that the Eastern Conference is a ton of fun now and, yep. and may end up being the tougher conference than the West, which is actually hilarious now that LeBron is out West and no yeah. longer in the East. Exactly. It's wild. How about the Magic, 3-0? They've beaten the Heat. They've beaten yeah. the Wizards. The Magic with Markel Fultz, one of my favorite players in the league. I want him to have a redemption story him. so bad. He's been Definitely. awesome. Terrence Ross is averaging 23 points per game for them. Cole Anthony off the bench has been Terrence awesome. Ross. I mean, he's, yeah. always, he's always just a fun guy to have on a yeah. team. And dunks, then the, he has awesome dunks. I remember those dunk contests. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Awesome but so think about, the three, like, think about all the teams you just mentioned in the East. None of them are undefeated. The three that are, are the Magic, the Pacers, who have been awesome. And, you know, you've seen them firsthand. I watched them against the Celtics a bit last night. They were great. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who would have thought? I mean, it's so early. This happened to the Timberwolves last year where they started undefeated and ended up losing like 19 in a row. So I'm not buying into the Cavs hype yet. But they look good and they have a young core as well who I think is now going to be called Sexland, like Sexton Garland. I believe that's what's been tweeted. Yes. There you go. Like, how are you not a buyer? I'm all in on Sexland. There you go. Yeah. With Drummond Um, as well. Yeah. If I had to, like, buy or overly buy, whatever that would be, like hammer, buy, sell on the three, I would hammer – I'm going to say the Pacers. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think Sabonis is legit after watching oh, yeah. him play. Um, Oladipo, after all that offseason media talk, is still very good. And you still have Miles Turner. So, like, good team. And Brogdon. Um, and Warren. 
and Brogdon, Warren, it's a good team. It's a good mm-hmm. squad. I think they're legit. I'm going to buy Magic. Right. Um, because I, I, like you said, I hope Markel just keeps us up and mm-hmm. he's good. I'm a big Aaron Gordon guy. I always have been. I always want him to succeed. Um, and then I'm going to sell Cavs just because they're still young. I think this is a bit of a fluke. Andre Drummond is a legit center in this league. He always has been. Even when he was on the Pistons, he was putting up numbers and he had no one else around him. Now he has a bit of a young star talented core. They, they can be good. I don't think it's their time yet. So I'm going to sell on them, but it's a light yeah. sell. It just goes to show you the Eastern Conference is a fantastic place to be, to be yeah. in right now playing basketball. I was trying to find like maybe a point that I could debate you on in there. And like, maybe it is the Cavs because as crazy as that is, because I really do think they'll flame out like the Timberwolves did. Yeah. But Kevin yeah. Love is only playing 20 minutes per game right now because he's coming off of an injury. So he's only had nine points per game. If he starts playing to not his highest ceiling, because I know that that's long gone, but to what he can be right now, which to me is a starting caliber, solid power forward. And that's the one position this team's missing right now. When, you know, I thought they had no small forward. Jetty Osman is averaging 16 points per game. No, yeah, 16 points per game at small forward. JaVale McGee off the bench has 10 points per game in 16 minutes. So he's been great. They have, you know, Isaac Okoro actually is a great defensive guard off the bench. They have more depth than I realized. If Kevin Love comes into it, and I love the Magic, so I do think the Magic are going to be a little better, but maybe the Cavs shock us. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I could I could see Cavs and Mavs uh, flipping spots there. Yeah. I just think that Oladipo is a bit more talented uh, of a star as opposed to some of those other teams' stars. But right. yeah, I, I could definitely see the Magic and Cavs kind of flip flopping there. Maybe the Cavs are legit, and we're just not really buying in on it yet. But three and zero is three and zero to start a season. So exactly. I mean, all those teams we mentioned are not three and zero, and the Cavs are, and they haven't had a pushover schedule. You know, they played the Hornets, they played the Pistons, so maybe they did. <laughs> but and the Knicks. Wait, wait, Knicks. Hold on. No, sorry. Knicks is next. No, they beat the exactly. Sorry, they beat the Sixers by twenty four. So that is their prove it game so far, and they did it. That's so wrong. yeah. So yeah. I mean, right. otherwise... Now I'm a little more nervous about playing the Cavs next uh, We'll have to night. see. Yeah. Um, but okay, that's a good East uh, recap. We're not going to get to the NFL. Let's do a West recap, and then next episodes are NFL. Let's do that. Okay. So we've talked about the Clippers. We've talked about the Warriors. The Clippers to us are a playoff team, but might be pretenders. The Warriors aren't coming near the playoffs. That, that's clear. But let's talk about the Lakers. So they obviously lost against the uh, Clippers, excuse me, on opening day. They're still legit. They beat the Mavs. I think they, they just crushed the Timberwolves. We've actually talked about all three of their games. But there's still question marks there. But to me, are they, are they the number one title favorites? That's what people are saying. Do you agree no. with that? Okay. Uh, I don't know. This is hard. I, I think that as long as you have two talents, and, and this is kind of how you know that LeBron is a GOAT, is because within all of these insanely talented stars that we've brought up, I'm still putting LeBron James in that top five of all stars in the league. Right. And he's just getting older. And you combine him with the best big man, basically, in the league in Anthony Davis after just winning a ring in the bubble season, which, while the media makes it seem like it's not as big a deal, the players themselves emphasize just yeah. how big the bubble was. Yes. It was tough. It was competitive. I think that the Lakers are still very good. Now, on paper – 
I think that I'm going to lean more towards the Nets being the favorite here. It's Kevin Durant. It's Kyrie Irving. There's not much you can do to stop that. And it's interesting because I think a final between the Nets and the Lakers would be fantastic because they have the bigger, and by bigger I mean height-wise, stars. Yeah. And on the other hand, we have the leaner in Kevin Durant and, and smaller with a true point guard like Kyrie Irving uh, as the stars on that end. I think it would be a phenomenal series to see play out. And at that point, I don't even know who, who would win. So I'm going to put those – like top two. Um, I still think that a team we haven't mentioned that's still very much always in title contention is the trailblazers. I think Dame is as good as always CJ McCollum. The other night hits a buzzer beater, maybe buzzer beater or just to ice the game, you know, T uh, a a big shot. So trailblazers are still out there. If the Clippers can get their stuff together, which they clearly will, as long as you have Kawhi Leonard on a team, you're going to be balling. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of between Nets, Lakers for the, the title. I put them fairly even for me right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm i never going to say my team is the favorite. I'm going to say the Lakers are for sure. And obviously with the Nets losing Dinwiddie, there's a lot of regrouping that has to be done. You know, even if he's not one of our top two players, even if he's not Karis LeVert, who I still think is a little more valuable to us, it's still one of our top rotational pieces. He's been starting, so – as we've said earlier, that's yeah. a huge blow. So to me, it's still the Lakers, but we're up there. Um, so I will, I'll agree that I think the Lakers are the best team in the West. Um, yeah. But I do have a fun quiz question for you, which is because this is ridiculous. There's only one. There's only one undefeated team in the West, and to okay. me, it's more surprising than anyone in the East we just mentioned. So who is it? I'm gonna. There's an asterisk to it too. That's my hint. Is like there's a reason this team's undefeated, and it's crazy that no one else is. But there's a reason this team's undefeated. I got it. It's the Thunder because yes. they didn't play that first game or whatever. Yep. Right? That's the asterisk. Yep. So the Rockets awesome. yeah. obviously didn't hey, play. Thunder have been surprising the past couple of years. Yeah. yeah. You know, even when it was Chris Paul there, it was surprising. A hundred percent. I mean, and we have guys now like Shea Gilgis who can hit these big shots where otherwise, I mean, he's still young. It might be his third season still, but he, he's showing to be a leader. Learn from Chris Paul, obviously, who was the perfect mentor. I'd only be a second. I think he was a rookie last year. Ah, it's either two or three. I mean, it's, he's, he's young. He's so young. And even if it is his third, he's still very young for it. And so regardless, learning from a guy like CP three, now going on and leading a team with, Al Horford, who was traded there as a salary dump, is a great veteran just like CP3 was. Like, this is exactly the same situation just a year later. And, yes, they've played one game. I'm not expecting them to be in the playoffs. But this is, again, a perfect culture for a team that has, like, 20 draft picks in the next six, seven years. So they have some – They're going to be a dynasty, dude. I'm terrified of Thunder going forward. I'm I'm really, really afraid. I think they can really shake up the league – it's, it's going to be nuts. And especially for a community like Oklahoma city who actually loves the thunder and, and appreciates having a team there. It's going to be crazy. Um, yeah. Another team out West that when I'd seen some of their games was surprising was the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. The Kings have been balling too. I think we've finally seen, and this is something that within NBA and everything and 2k, I mean uh, you know, you always start to see like 
Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox start to play up a caliber. And I think mm-hmm. we're kind of getting to that time now. So that's exciting too. I, I think the Kings are another team to be on the lookout for in the playoff hunt. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I just love De'Aaron Fox and how he has to be the fastest player in the league. And he just yeah. – that combined with, you know, a consistent shot that he's developing. He's only averaging 19 points per game. But when a guy like Buddy oh, Heald is one of the yeah. – is great, yeah. And one of the sharpest shooters next to him in Buddy Heald, they just need that – they need more. And they're going to find it. I think Tyrese Halliburton, he's, he's a point guard. So it's annoying that they have two young yeah. point guards. And it was like to me, it was a good pick and a bad where Halberton falling to, I believe, 11, it's a steal. You have to take him. That's best player available. But they don't have space for him, Fox, and Heald. One's going to have to go. To me, it feels like Fox is actually going to find a contract elsewhere in a year or two. But for the time yep. being, I like what they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I think Harrison Barnes, like, obviously, he's just there playing out his contract. but. He's not their third piece. He shouldn't be. Bagley is there, and he just needs to stay healthy. He's not playing the full starter minutes that he deserves to be, and that's because he might get hurt yet again, and that would suck for them. We'll see. Yeah. They're, they're going in the right direction. It just sucks that Halliburton, who I love. I'm a big fan of his. Tall point guards are my, one of my favorite things yeah, in the NBA. Yeah, I, I but, was in on him, too, when he was yeah. a uh, possibility for the Knicks. So Still yeah, would have been a great pick for you, but yeah. yeah. Um, regardless, I like them. I, I like that you brought them up in the Suns, who they played a back-to-back with, and they both split the series. I like the Suns as well. People were worried that Ubre was a bad loss to them, but look at <laughs> look at what he's doing in Golden State. I'm not too worried about that. Chris Paul being with Devin Booker is fun. DeAndre Aiden just looks. I, I was listening to someone talk about the Suns, and I haven't watched enough of them yet. But apparently, Aiden just looks scared, like to shoot the ball or to go up against players. And for me, I thought he was going to have a career year with CP3 setting them up on all these easy dimes. Yeah. And so far, that confidence just isn't there, apparently. That needs to get figured out. Because if that happens, this is one of the deeper teams in the league as well. And just such a fun starting five. I, I, I'm liking this team what they can be, but I don't think we're seeing it yet, you know, their full potential. I think they should be sweeping the Kings personally, but splitting that series, you know, a little bit of a letdown. So- Let's let's do a hammer buy sell of the three we just talked about: the Suns, Thunder, Kings. I like that. Um, I'm going to hammer Suns. I think yeah. that having Chris Paul there, having Devin Booker, who's basically a star in his own right, um, if everything can work out with Aiton, that's great as well. I think that they can be a playoff team, and we saw them in the bubble and what they were possible of. Yeah, they're legit. I'm going to buy the Thunder because, like you said, I think with another veteran piece like Al Horford for Shea to kind of advance and mature around, that's huge. And and Shea, again, is starting to really rise up beyond just uh, a young guy in the league. He, he's able to hold his own, especially now that uh, Chris Paul is no longer there. You're kind of seeing him come out as that guard talent. And I'm going to sell Kings just because, like we said, I don't think the depth is really there. I think I would like to buy more in Aiton stock than Bagley stock, too. Right. So I think that influences it a bit as well. All right. So I'll switch it up because, to me, as good as the Suns can be, I think the Thunder have the higher long-term ceiling. And so to, to spin zone a little bit, I'm going to hammer the Thunder. Because I think with Shea, if he stays and he buys into what all the pieces that are going to be brought to him, 
I don't know if that's how players are going to think him specifically, but if he is just embraced by Oklahoma City in the way that we've seen like Josh Allen, you know, be embraced by Buffalo and have them build around him, that can happen here. Yeah, that can happen here with Shea. And if he does that, they have so much future talent starting this coming year with probably like a, if not Cade, a Jalen Green or an Evan Mobley. And we'll learn more about these players as the season goes on. But he will have these number one picks left, right, and center. He has a team that just will be built around him. And I think if he buys into that, I'm buying into that because I love Shea and I know he's going to have a ceiling of potential. I don't know if that makes sense, but so much potential next to him. So I love the Thunder. Yeah. Um, the Suns, and, and the Suns are my boss. Honestly, yeah, yeah. he's going to be able to get a fairly big contract with the Thunder alone because yeah. they're all going to be rookie contracts when these guys are coming in. So, they, yeah, I, I think it's an ideal situation for the youngin to be in. He he will get the max, if not more, because the Thunder don't have another player to max at the moment, and they should yeah. give it to him. So it's like it's perfect for him. He'll make yeah. his money. He'll, he'll get this team built around him. And I think they will be a playoff team in, I'll say, five years. It, it takes a while to build, like, with these young players. And if he buys into that, they'll be in the playoffs in five years as a legit contender. The Suns, I can't say the same for unless DeAndre Ayton really shows that full potential. And he has it. And it's clear. But he just has to buy into himself, you know. So before – I could also see Booker yeah. leaving – exactly he could he might be a trade piece chris paul obviously isn't going to stay for more than a year or two just because he's going to hang it up soon and you don't really have that point guard to replace him unless devin booker is going to play point which he shouldn't so to me i don't know if the suns will get to the ceiling that i think the thunder have and then the kings are a sell but they have the talent to be a buy it's just not there yet but for me the thunder that's my team out of those three yeah uh, honestly even after that i could honestly even drastically change mine and say hammer thunder buy king sell sons maybe yeah because if this, will be, window, this could yeah. theoretically be the window and that's it you're right so ah man it, it's either like one of these next couple of years or bust and they're not going to with lebron out west so yeah I, I, I like what the Suns have. They're going to be the only playoff team of these three that we just mentioned, unless the Kings just turn it on, which they can. But I think the Suns make the playoffs this year and the other two don't. But in three years' time, four or five, the Suns won't be there unless Booker stays and it could happen and they could build around him better. But I think the Thunder are the surest thing, which is crazy because we don't know who's going to be on the Thunder, but we know what they'll yeah. have. Yeah. And that's just a lot of assets. So, yeah. Um, I think we can pretty much close there. We, we missed a couple teams like the Nuggets and Jazz, but those guys are just the consistent West teams that are always going to be in the playoffs and aren't really too flashy until the playoff games come. Because obviously both had great series in the bubble. Um, but regardless, I think we covered pretty much all the ground that we needed to in the NBA. We've got more to watch tonight. And I've got my fantasy final against Trabs that I need to watch for tonight as well. So we'll have next episode – a great NFL recap for you guys. But, Coleman, any parting thoughts? No. Uh, Bucks are frauds. Knicks are gone. <laughs> um, that's all you need to know on my end. Uh, we have an exciting weekend coming up for Giants fans. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen. Um, could be fun. Could be fun. Could be getting some extra football for, for the Giants or could be getting a sick draft pick. Who cares either way? I think it's I'll a win-win. <laughs> I really do. I think it's fun either way. 
I'll save my take for next episode, which we'll have before that happens. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I have, we can go on for a, a while about that one, but yeah. So thank you guys for listening to our basketball preview slash, you know, specific review episode, uh, a lot to come in the NBA and we're very excited for it, but otherwise just stick with us. We have a lot of content coming. Uh, we had a weird connection thing where I'm a bit delayed behind Coleman, but it should sound fine. We'll make sure it sounds fine for you guys, and I'll get the Wi-Fi figured out for the next episode. But regardless, love you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. It's been a minute, um, and we have so much more content coming, so stay tuned. See you guys. Peace out. Tell you.